Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Daily News, new podcast here on Canadian Football Perspective. Mike Daly on the other side of the chat here. It has been a while since we have dabbled into doing something different and player-oriented, but this is going to be a fun one. Uh, I was telling Mike before we began, the easiest podcast I've ever done. Just talking, <laughs> talking to a friend, I think, is the, the simplest thing that I have ever uh, endeavored in doing. And uh, I was actually doing a presentation to the CFL Players Association internship program this morning. And Brian Simmons and Kenny Stafford and Stephen Charles and uh, Hugh O'Neill and Brett Lowther. And, and they were asking me, hey, you've done radio, you've done television, you've done podcasts. What's your favorite thing? And I said, they all have their own advantages. Uh, radio is great because we're just in people's cars and there's lots of people that want to listen. Television's great because it's national television, which has its obvious advantages. Uh, but podcasting to me, uh, getting to build my own network out and do things like this with my friends, which I never <laughs> really thought was a reality. Uh, I love that. And so this is going to be great. But Mike, thank you for uh, for hopping on and getting a chance to dip your toes in the water here. I know we're going to explain some of the background in this episode about basically you and I, what we want out of this, all sorts of mm-hmm. stuff. But first and foremost, I'm just thankful that you reached out and wanted to try and do something like this. Well, I figured, hey, I'm hanging out. We might as well shoot the shit. And like I said, uh, to be able to do this and, you know, kind of give people a different perspective. And, you know, everybody knows you by now, at least knows you by your voice. And, uh, Sorry about you that. know, yeah. <laughs> this might be the first time people see me with my helmet off. So, <laughs> um, you know, if we could just come on and shoot the shit, I'm, I'm excited to do it though, man. I mean, it's the only thing that I do is I listen to podcasts left, right, and center on my drive, hanging out while I'm at work, whatever. So, you know, to be able to do this is, is kind of cool and, and exciting to do it with somebody like you. That's for sure, man. Yeah. And for people that don't know, Mike's in Kitchener. So he's done some driving uh, because he's uh, he's done <laughs> yeah. the in, in and out of with the family in Kitchener and playing for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And as of uh, right now, a free agent, and we'll get into that coming up in just a second. But first, I want to let people know uh, that CFP and all the podcasts are back, and that is courtesy of our good friends at Fox 40. And they are introducing a new generation of electronic whistle brought to you by Fox 40. The new rechargeable Fox 40 electronic whistle produces 120 decibels of software-defined sound power. That is terrifying. That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> with, the, w- with the push of a button, pre-order yours today at fox40shop.com. And I will also say this. I caught a crossing guard uh, at, I want to say, Locke and Aberdeen in Hamilton okay. using okay, a, fo- so a little, a little top notch crossing guard right there. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's good location. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they were using the electronic whistle because they stepped into the middle of the crosswalk when I was going to pick up my son from daycare and they hit yeah. the button. And I was like, I was the Leonardo DiCaprio meme. I was like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a Fox 40. So right in the heart of Hamilton. Hey, and they're using the electronic whistle because, you know, the gas prices are going up way too much. So everybody's going to electric now. And I mean, you know, you mentioned that driving from Kitchener, I was, geez, I'm glad I'm not commuting right now. That thing is crazy. Yeah. It, I, I, I actually was thinking as I was coming back, I did a yoga class tonight before we recorded this on Friday night and the gas price at the, the Husky station near me is 165. And there okay, are, discount on sale. There are people driving over each other to go get gas at 165 <laughs> yeah. and i thought you know what like two weeks ago 165 people would be like no thank you i would love to see a legitimate study on the psychology of gas prices like how people because for me 
it was at 160 for like a week and I was driving on empty or close to it. And I was thinking, <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm going to wait this out. The government's going to introduce some sort of subsidy or something. The price is going to go back. We're going to normalize a little bit of this. And so I waited and waited and waited. And every day it went up by seven cents until I actually needed gas. And then I paid like 189. It's to... just the bad, the bad day at the casino. That's what it is for exactly. you. Right well, there. That, that's why I don't gamble. So, uh, and yeah. then I, and then I ended up filling it up and then I drove past at 165 tonight and I filled up like two days ago. And I'm like, this is a total yeah. crap. None of this is ever going to make yeah. sense, but I feel for you, man, being able to make that drive in and out. Cause I was up in Waterloo for the Ontario regional combine, hanging out with Connor and Wade. And, uh, it's like a it's a funny drive from kitchener down to hamilton to be able to have like it doesn't seem like it should be an issue at all but there's some trouble spots where you're like why is this slow why is this bad <laughs> yeah luckily i was doing it early enough but i know man it's, it's crazy listen if if there was a lineup for gas at 165 i'd be fighting people for it that's yeah. for sure i'd be yeah you have to at that point but well we need you to speaking not of fight that, people well yeah you're right that's a good <laughs> problem some right now but um speaking of how was how was the regional was it good did you enjoy yeah. it did they do a good job at waterloo yeah they did an awesome job the facilities up in waterloo are amazing and the uh, the quality of athlete it's i was saying on you know you can go back in the podcast feed here on cfp because we did some live stuff from up there and we also kind of reintroduced our new lineup going into this season and this year um but i in one of those podcasts i mentioned that people downplay the regional combines and you know this like you've been around enough guys that have come from national combines and you've seen mac guys that you've been coaching or otherwise that go to regionals and the regionals are really thought of at a lower level it's like you know Mm -hmm. oh, oh anybody can go to a regional or the caliber of player that's there isn't as good and that might be true about overall testing scores and whatnot but i love the mentality of when you go to a regional combine there might be 90 percent of the of the players might be yeah good not great probably not going to get drafted probably not going to make but there's always these diamonds like there's mm-hmm. always three to five guys that and it's not just that they pick three to five it's that as you're watching three to five players separate themselves from the pack and i love that mentality of let's put these players all in and see what comes out of it because we don't really know until i mean sometimes you have an idea if you watch you sports football or you understand how athletic they are you talk to coaches or scouts but I love watching those players just like rise above and then earn their opportunity to keep advancing their career. So I actually love the regionals. And the coolest thing is, is what they've done in recent past is, you know, when I was coming out kind of eons ago, right. Um, it was like, they would take as many as they could and put them all in the national. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the regional was almost like a cash grab. Right. With like the Dwayne, I think it was the Dwayne Ford regional was the first one. And it was like, Hey, come pay you know, 200 bucks and you can run your 40, do everything in a day. It's kind of like ragtag thrown together. But then what they've done down the road is they've now invited less and less people to the national. And, you know, it was kind of the guys that, okay, these are the surefire guys that are looking to get drafted. These are the guys that the coaches and the GMs are asking about. So we'll invite this small group to the national and then we'll fill these regional with the, ah, maybe, Maybe this guy can become something. Maybe he can show us something that we don't see on film. Maybe, you know, he can show like he's a little more athletic than he shows on film, whatever it may be. But then that's why they do those invites now, because it's like, okay, let's put a little less in the national and let's find those diamonds in the rough, like you talked about, and bring them in. So it's pretty cool. But the tough thing about that is the road from those regional to the national. And then, I mean, you're, you're hitting people, you're putting pads on, you're hitting people. And then, 
you know, if you're that last regional and you're hitting somebody and then you get invited to the national, you go back and you're hitting people again. It's like, you know, going through rookie camp and then having the vets come in and now you're going through a main training camp after you just beat yourself up for a little bit. <laughs> uh, we're going to do a deep dive in a future episode here coming up in a couple of weeks on all things combine because Mike had legitimate experience with it. This podcast, by the way, is not going to be me comparing my time in university to Mike playing in the CFL, but this is my favorite personal experience with the regional combines, which was I got asked if I wanted to go to the Ontario regional combine to test and do the whole thing as a quarterback, I think in 2013. And I was like, guys, I'm not going to play in the CFL. Like, what are we, <laughs> what are we doing? I'm not going to do this. So I, I said, I don't want to test because I know I'm not going to test well enough to be able to actually move forward. But I said, I'd like to throw, like, I'd like to just go and, and get some balls up and whatnot. Cause I was still at Mac and I was going back for my, my fifth year. And, uh, and so I went and when I showed up, Scott McDonnell from uh, Queens was there yep. and Scotty Mac, I knew him cause we had gone out drinking in Kingston because we had mutual friends that played on the Queens Gales and stuff. And so when I showed up, he was like, dude, what are you doing here? I'm like, I don't know. I just came to throw. And he's like, I'm only taking reps with you. And so while we were warming up, we started talking through what routes he liked. And when we got to one-on-ones, he took four reps. We went four for four and we ran the route tree. It was like, we killed him with a slant timing throw from wide out. We threw a, a deep uh, dig, I think, where he went like outside release, straightened up, shook a guy at the top and came. And we, we basically just went like slant in, out, skinny post, went four for four. He got drafted. And when he got drafted, there was like a small part of me that was like, <laughs> Do I, I get the, some of that signing bonus? Yeah, I was so like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm in the league, waiting baby. on that. I'm in the league. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, still I was waiting on that check to show up for the signing bonus. <laughs> and it's funny because Brett, Brett Ellerman uh, from Western was at the Ontario Regional this past week. And Kenny Stafford walked past me and he's like, he's nice, man. He's nice. Like, I, I really like him. And I said, he's Scott McDonnell. And Kenny just took off his hat and walked away from me. He's like, I hate that you know all these players from the past because you just give me one word and I'm like, you're right. That's who we, he's like, that's who we is kind of thing. Like Zach, Zach Herzog uh, is a DB from mm-hmm. Hillsdale. He's just Jeff Hecht. Like he's, he's literally <laughs> Jeff Hecht. He's like thick neck, low body, like just, oh, it's, it's funny. So linebacker and, playing DB. Sorry yeah. Saying? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's funny to do the comparisons and, uh, and it was even more fun to wander around as Chris Jones, was just hunting for prospects at, at this combine. <laughs> it was amazing. Like he was, I picture, I picture Chris Jones is very similar to what like Bill Belichick would be at like a D three combine yep. at those regional combines. It's just, you know, regional, he's thinking about something completely different than everybody else there. Right. He's like, yeah. he's looking at something cause you know, maybe the other guy tied his shoes. He's like, ah, you know what that not, I can deal with that. now. that's all right. <laughs> I was standing next to G Roy Simon as we were watching and talking about something else. And then a DB had a pass breakup and Jones just walks past G Roy and he goes, dang, he got some length, don't he? And like, he's just, he's constantly <laughs> yep. evaluating at oh, all moments. Six, six, four or above. If you're six, three or under, get it, get out of here. Don't, <laughs> don't even look this way. We'll uh, take you another time. Yeah, for sure. So the uh, the regional combines, uh, Eastern regionals are in the books. The West regional coming up next week. Connor and Wade on All Canadian here on CFP. We'll have you covered on that. We'll talk more about it as well in a future episode. But uh, today we just want to give you some background. I, I joked with Mike before we came on. This is the easiest podcast I've ever done. A, because it's with a friend. B, because we're not talking about the news of the day or analyzing things. Or we're literally just telling you who we are and, and what we want to do with this podcast, which... Um, for me began when Mike is a year older than me and I came to McMaster 
And he was one of the, I honestly, when I showed up to McMaster, I thought that Mike Daly was like a fourth year when I, because you were like established. Maybe not by the biceps. That (laughs) That might look like I was an 11th grader. But you, to me, you were one of the established guys that was already respected when I came in, even on recruiting trips. Like I remember being around you and Steve Dennis and some of the guys from your class that it was just like, you guys owned the locker room it felt like even if you weren't actually the seniors who ran the place because it was the Jordan Kazinas and the Mac Dents and the, of the world that were the actual senior fifth year leader guys but you guys just had such a great vibe for it and then from there we ended up living together for a year in university where we had like a cubby hole in the wall we lived in this ridiculous house that had like a saloon style front room uh, that basically had like a piece of uh, I don't even know what it was like foam between our bedrooms uh essentially and so yeah it was essentially like a big long dining room that they put you know not even framing or insulation up or anything like that it was just you know one two by four across and a couple drapes on either side of it that was about it (laughs) they're like hey can we get an extra six hundred dollars a month from (laughs) it yes we can (laughs) how can we pack uh, eight people in this house Uh, so we had that we lived together for a year and then uh, I, I threw for you a little bit when you were getting ready for your combine experience yeah. and trying to to get signed and all the rest so uh, yeah. and that, that was always fun because this I cool uh, cool little story dislocated my finger uh, what was it maybe two weeks before the national combine yeah were remember you, we were doing that indoor were you just like breaking on a road and I threw a ball to a spot and you messed up your probably finger. tried to catch a ball like this or something <laughs> just index finger out like they teach you when you're yeah. a little kid right so yeah um, but yeah so that that's like the super brief background but what do you want people to know about uh kind of where we came from and what they can expect a little bit from the podcast here Mike yeah I I was you know I reached out to you first because you obviously have experience in this and you know, I, I felt like there was, you know, something missing in the CFL world of, you know, getting a couple, getting a player together. And, you know, there's a couple player podcasts, a couple media podcasts, but nothing really that mixes together. And I figured, you know, we're close. We know each other well. We've kind of, you know, almost gone through the whole university and even CFL process together. You know what I mean? You going down your lane of the media and stuff like that, me going down my lane of playing and we've always crossed paths. So I feel like, you know, we have a, pretty similar knowledge so you know I wanted to reach out and see if we could get something together and kind of you know give people what they don't really normally see you know a little background information on what it's like inside the CFL you know and just shooting the shit kind of saying things that you know not everybody's going to say maybe not everybody has information on um, and just like I said come down here hang out with my buddy Marsh and talk about some football. Yeah. And for me, like your knowledge of the game is so, 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 so far superior because every time that I, and this is the nature of, you know, in media, so many of us, we do our best to keep up, but there's nothing like being in the meeting rooms and understanding the X's and O's and the way that the league actually works internally. And I know from being around the football operations department at the actual league office that like understanding the nuts and bolts of what goes into the day to day, if fans knew their minds would be blown the effort that it takes, like the background, the the way that things have to come together. So we're going to do uh, some of that kind of behind the scenes stuff. Mike's going to talk about the daily um, kind of interesting news that comes across anything that catches his interest. And then we're also going to take submissions and some stuff from fans and listeners as well. But for me, I, I've never been so happy that we built out the infrastructure of CFP because 
it's kind of one of those funny happenstance things where you're right, we cross paths forever and we've gone through this journey in our own kind of adventures differently, but uh, crossing paths all the time. And then, you know, our radio station goes down and I'm like, well, I, I want to keep doing stuff. So I start up the podcast and we build it out and we get the subscription, you know, base from people that want to subscribe and listen and we build out all these shows. And then when you reached out to me and you said like, how would I do this? I was like, honestly, man, it's a lot of work to like get off, get off the ground by yourself. And I honestly, and I told Connor this when I talked to him this week, uh, Connor O'Neill, that when we started doing CFP stuff in 2021, I can't even take credit for like 70, you know, I, I say, oh, I'm the creator and the owner and the, all these different things. But like I had to yeah, lean all the on the cool fancy titles. Yeah. 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 But I'm like, I had to lean on those younger guys to actually get us off the ground because I just didn't understand what was required in order to build this thing out. And even you see some of the things on social media that those guys put out and it's like, there's not that much of an age difference, but they understand the game. I, I honestly think better than I do. I might understand radio better, television better, but they understand how to reach people. So I'm constantly learning things from them. They're learning stuff from me. And then when you said, I want to figure out how to do this, I'm like, well, just do it with us. Like just hop on and, and have these conversations here on our platform, because we want, I want people to be able to hear your perspective. And that's why I called this thing when I created it, um, Canadian football perspective was the idea that everybody's got a different way of looking at the game. And this should be a place for everyone's view of the game. And it's, it's not, you know, debate culture and everything else where people want to scream at each other and claim that they're right. I don't have any interest in that. Like, there's no. always going to be there more layers and minutiae you have to peel your way through. So adding your voice and your perspective as somebody who understands it at a unique level, I, I was just super excited to be able to add that. And not even because it adds value to us. It's just because I know fans are going to get a lot out of it. Right. And that's kind of the whole point of, you know, when I first started thinking about this, even before I reached out to you, okay, like, you know, I could get on here and just blabber away and have a camera point in my face, but then what am I talking about? And, you know, to kind of go down those story paths of, you know, things you've heard from your perspective, right? Which I'd imagine from your perspective is what a lot of the fans are hearing, right? Because that's all kind of together. You hear from Twitter, you hear from yeah. Instagram, maybe on TSN, and then just kind of give you the background information on, you know, what we go through as players day to day, you know, what an American guy goes through when he comes in here, hopefully, you know, get some of those guys on here and, and explain that to you, you know what I mean? Go into the background of that. And then also just kind of, you know, digging deeper into what, you know, a headline would mean, you know what I mean? Or what you would hear when, you know, it says someone's a day to day or, or whatever. So I just want to kind of get into that kind of stuff where, you know, the stuff you see on the surface level, that's all good. And that's what pushes this league forward. But then, to see what happens behind the scenes or in the locker room or the meeting rooms and, you know, what happened in the house when we lived together, you know, being the best party house that I think I've ever been in because of how big, <laughs> how big that saloon style uh, living room was, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, man, stand you, on those tables all the time. You guys filmed a documentary at a different house you lived at <laughs> and through the greatest party in the history of McMaster University. So I don't know if that the we'll, dive, that... we'll dive into that if we want one, <laughs> one episode. But my God, that was quite the story. That was outrageous. Supposed to be reality show turned into a party, just turned into really just somebody hosting a free party for us with fog machines and bubble baths. Really? Yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> beer for breakfast. I'll never forget. We'll we'll dig into that at some point. But what yeah, um, it's funny though because the year that we did live together, you know, you joke about it being such a crazy party house. Is when you have uh, this was a house that there were eight people living in. It was previously a volleyball house at McMaster. Then the football guys took it over. And then, you know, I was looking for somewhere to live and I kind of stumbled into it. And then the dynamic of that house was so great because there were so many different personalities in it. But then you ended up having, you know, oh, we're going to throw a beach party in the summer. And it's like, <laughs> uh, that that's great. And we fill these pools in the living room in the summer where it's like 40 degrees and we put 120 people inside the house. And then the next day everyone goes why is there leaking in the basement oh one of the <laughs> pools that we filled has been leaking the entire night through the oh look there's a water stain on the entire carpet and it's just dumb stuff that when you're a university student you're like oh whatever it happens and then you yeah. move forward in your life and you're like if that was the home i owned and i lived <laughs> yeah, in every day oh my God. i would be furious <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. My kids spill, you know, the little cup of juice. I'm like, hey, what the? <laughs> so that's about it. But no, I'm I'm excited to do this. I'm excited to give people, you know, a little background information. You know, say what I know, and it's not everything. And you know, we might say right things, might say wrong things, and hopefully get people on here that are smarter than us at some point, and you know, just kind of kind of shoot the shit and, and figure out what we yeah. what we can find out between us two and others. Yeah, I, I want. I'm excited to see what guests we can get on to because I know, and, and I'll let people know too. My goal on this show specifically is that uh, when we have guests on, to stay the hell out of the way for the most part, and let Mike do the the conversations and, and chat with these people because you guys get enough of me on all the other shows and platforms and things that I'm doing. Um, I want to help with this show, but I really do want it to be Mike opening up the world of the CFL for you, and I know that you'll do a great job with that. So. Uh, we'll uh, we'll feel that out as we go, certainly. But uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you about, just to update people, is like last year, uh, you missed a, obviously a huge chunk of time because you were dinged. And then this year, you go through free agency. And for people that don't know, you're not signed as it stands right now. Um, what is the update on your actual situation in and around the league? Because I have something I want to say on on basically broadcasting games that you've played in as well. But I want to get people an update on that so they have kind of the, the big picture. Yeah, so I had a pretty bad nerve issue last season and ended up taking it on a hit and kind of, you know, for lack of better medical term, lost movement in my shoulder for a while. So not easy to play football when you can't lift your arm up, but, you know, that's what we sign up for. But anyway, so fast forward to now, uh, you know, hit free agency for the first time. I'm 31, so, you know, fortunate enough to be able to stay with Hamilton that whole time, but you know, navigating the waters of honestly um, still playing because, you know, the whole process was, was a little nerve wracking. Right. And then trying to get on a team to, you know, where you're a 31 year old, you haven't played the whole previous season and you have an injury that, you know, a lot of people know about now. And, and that's kind of the conversation I'm having with a lot of, it, a lot of these teams, right. It's, you know, we really want to bring you on but you had a nerve and injury like, and, you know, I've had a couple teams actually say to me, like, Hey, if you had a shoulder or a knee, like we kind of understand how those react, right. We've had a lot of guys that have ACLs that separate their shoulder, have to get rotator cuff surgery, whatever it is. We have a lot of those guys. We know what to understand when you talk about a nerve, it's kind of up in the air on, you know, if that'll flare back up or if you'll be okay, whatever it is. But, 
you know, it's, it's the world you see happen to everybody, especially, you know, with these one year contracts is, yeah. you know, if you're in the older world, right. So you're, you know, 30 plus and you miss a whole season with a scary injury, you know, they want to get through the draft process and they want to get, see if they can get the younger guys. So, you know, we'll see what kind of situation is, you know, you guys will go through it with me, whoever's watching this and, you know, I'll try to explain it as I go, but it might be a situation where, you know, later after the draft, a team doesn't get who they want and they might call me up. And then I head out there. It could be a situation where, you know, after training camp, somebody gets hurt. You know what I mean? I could get signed there or it could be a situation like Eric Weddle for the Rams, you know what I mean? Playoff push. They need somebody to come in and, and help do something. And I could be there, but essentially once you get up to my age, if you get hurt on a team, they own you for the rest of the year and they have to pay you out your contract. So that's the hence why they kind of move toward drafting younger guys at this point. So that's kind of the quick update of where I'm at at this point. Yeah, it's great. And something that I really want people to appreciate about what you are trying to do with this project as well is that the idea of if you get signed, we're doing the show. If you get cut, we're doing the show. Like you're, you're going to talk about the, the ups and the downs and the way that you make your way through this while we're doing the analysis and talking about behind the scenes stuff and all the rest. Um, people get to go on the journey with you. And I think that's a super, that's honestly, I've never seen anything like that before. So I hope that the listeners of this show will be pulling for you to get signed, not just because they want for you to play the game that you love, but also because they want you to be healthy and also because make for a pretty damn interesting show as well for you to go into a situation (laughs) wherever it is but i the thing i wanted to say about um calling your games so for people that are not familiar i called ticats games for five seasons all of them mike's been at hamilton tiger cat and so you know we (laughs) when we talk about crossing paths it's literally like are we on the same flight to vancouver okay we're sitting at the (laughs) at the bar or um, you know, we are being around practice every day, wandering past in the hallways of Tim Hortons Field. It's just, it's all these little things. And I've never told you this before, Mike, but like the hardest thing for me as a broadcaster in my entire career so far has been when you would get hurt because it would bother me it, because I know how hard you work to try and play at a high level and behind the scenes i've seen the freakishly athletic things that you do when you're training and i know how hard it is to play into your 30s as a canadian when they're constantly trying to get younger and they're constantly trying to replace you and all these things and it's just like i have so much respect for the way that you have approached things that and i'm not even saying this because i'm your friend it's just you know there's a lot of guys that are canadians in the cfl that i have great respect for but then you add on the layer of being friends and then you know we're calling a game in saskatchewan where I'm trying to do my job and articulate what's happening on a, on a play. And I see you bent over and grabbing your arm essentially. And like wandering off in the sidelines. And I see another Mac guy, Nick Shortle come over and like basically grab you on the back. Like you're uh, at Vimy Ridge trying to like get you back into the <laughs> trenches. And he's yeah. like carrying well, you. Shorty's, Shorty's a different world. Shorty's <laughs> a different guy. So if that was somebody else, they might ask how he's doing. Yeah, so he's probably like, get the hell out of here. Just like grabbed you by the nameplate on the back of your jersey <laughs> yeah. and was like, keep your get head off down. the ground. You're yeah. faking this shit. Get off the ground. <laughs> but seeing like seeing guys that I played with at Mac trying to help each other off the field in the cruel world of professional football, as I know that you're injured and it's something that you had gone through various points, um, th- that was really, really, really hard for me to be professional. And at times, I'm sure it didn't come off as being very professional. But um, I just wanted to mention that because for like from my perspective as a broadcaster, 
we don't ever really talk about the idea of people that we are close to or friends with or because you try to make everything even as possible and balanced analysis and I always laugh when people now that I'm doing television games for TSN say you know oh you're in the tank for the Ticats because you called five years of radio for them I'm like I don't give a shit if the Ticats lose every game (laughs) every year I don't cheer. I'm not betting on them. No, and this and this was Chris. <laughs> well, maybe you are actually. I no, I don't that. bet because yeah. I can't. I okay. suck at betting, so I just stay away from it completely. <laughs> but Chris Cuthbert and I talked about this pretty early on in my broadcasting career, where uh, he said, you know, I I actually asked him about the idea of like the homerism because I would see Rod Peterson calling Riders games, and I'm like, whoa, that guy is pandering to the fan base because he's got the job of voice of the writers and i'm like i never wanted to be pandering to the Tigats fan base guy if they're good i'll tell you if they suck i'll tell you and chris cuthbert one time we got in this conversation and he said you'll learn pretty quickly you don't cheer for teams you cheer for people and that stuck with me and it still does it's kind of like the guiding light that i use on how i give analysis and how i i decide you know who to have on as a guest on a podcast it's like if a guy is a total shithead and I don't really feel like he should be given shine or exposure on things. Like I'm probably not going to have him on the podcast. If it's somebody that I think deserves to have their story told because they go about things the right way, or they're interesting in a lot of the, the right ways, then yeah, I want to have the, those conversations with them. And, um, and I think you and I have kind of seen that the same way where it's like, there's a lot of good dudes in the CFL that are underexposed to being, oh, yeah. being celebrated and, uh, and that's also something that we want to do on the podcast here. But anyways, that's a lot of me talking about like broadcast theory stuff, but um, yeah. No, and that's, and that's kind of why we're here. Right. So you can see both sides of it because, you know, I, like you said, there are a lot of guys that are, you know, underexposed and, you know, frankly, some guys that are fantastic football players. And for, you know, one small reason, a lot of the American guys, they're just not in the NFL. And I'm talking small reasons, you know what I mean? Or maybe bigger reasons. But there's a bunch of different, there's a bunch of different, you know, players out there that are on the cusp of being, you know, even an NFL star, right? You look at some of these guys that left, but, and then just the stories behind every single person. That's what I mean. Like I sit in the locker room for, you know, 10 minutes and I got seven stories where I'm sitting there like, holy shit, are you kidding me? So that's kind of, again, the little background of what it's like to be a player versus what you see. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anything else you want to get in on this uh, this intro teaser episode one? Anything else before I give people all your social media so you can get major <laughs> follower bumps from CFP? That's what it's about. No, yeah. um, no, I'm just I'm excited. Like you said, um, you know, keep we'll keep in touch and we'll you know keep telling us what you guys want to talk about, what you guys want to hear, um, and then also we'll just keep diving into this. I'm excited. I'm very excited and. You know, I, I, I'm excited to go on this journey with Marsh and whoever's going to listen. Um, I'm just hoping that it opens up some eyes. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm stoked. At Daily News 8, the number 8 is where you can find him on uh, on the Twitters. Are you on the grams? Are you on the talks these days? On the gram, yeah. I'm on the gram on Twitter, just not TikTok. Not yeah. TikTok. See, I'm, I'm on- just, you know, plus 30 at this point. Is that <laughs> is that a thing? Like, I was actually talking to... Uh, my my dad stopped by a little bit ago and he's like, Hey, have you seen this TikTok video? And I'm like, What? Get off TikTok. What do you mean? You know, like, my brother, my brother who's like you know, ten years younger than me, he's 
he's barely on TikTok. I'm like, what's going on here? It's but no, I'm not on TikTok. Okay, so this is this is actually and again, this is one of those topics that people want. We can talk about like locker room social media culture type stuff because I find that to be super intriguing too, um, as I can tell you do by you going. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, but for me, it's like I got on there because I was like, what is this? Like every every the platform, there's so many people are using it, and then. I very quickly realized I'm like this is basically just like Vine smashed together with Insta smashed together. It's just just a combination of a bunch of different things in a platform, and it's amazing how when something gains momentum, our demographic who grew up on Twitter, like we were of age to get a Facebook account when we were pretty young, and then MySpace first though. Yeah, MySpace. I see. I never had MySpace. You were before me on that, but uh, but doing MySpace, Facebook into twitter and we grew up on twitter because it came around in like 2009 so we're just getting out of high school and getting into university and then we've got it for over a decade and for me it's funny because there's been things that have flashed in the pan come and gone otherwise but when tiktok shows up and all of a sudden starts what feels like dominating the social media sphere it's the first time in over a decade that there's something new and everybody that i talk to that is our age is like whoa i'm (laughs) I don't really feel like learning anything new. I'm good. I'm good hey, with the maybe, things I've been doing. Maybe we're at that point where it's like, you know, we're the old people saying like, no, I'm, I'll never use a cell phone to text somebody. You know what I mean? <laughs> maybe that's where we're at at this point. The only, hopefully not. Hopefully the, not. The only TikTok I can think that might be even remotely entertaining is that I really want to do a recreation of the bench scene from Goodwill Hunting with Robin Williams and Matt Damon, uh, where, <laughs> where where I just do like sixty seconds of. If you want to talk about you, then I'm in, kid. But you don't want to do that, do you? Because you're scared of what you might say. Your move, Chief. I want to do that, and then just turn the camera and have it be my year and a half old son sitting there being like. What are you talking about? <laughs> Get out of here, weird the only, guy. The only thing I can imagine. But anyways, we will bring that to you and much, much more as we uh, move forward here on the Daily News uh, podcast, the Daily News show, whatever the heck we're going to end up calling this thing. But Mike, thank you for this. Looking forward to it. And uh, I know that a lot of people are as well. So we'll talk soon, okay? All right. See you guys.